Are you alive in the house of God? If you are, would you shout a big hallelujah? Will you wave out your hands wherever you are? Amen. I really want to thank Pastor and the leadership team for having me over this morning. I bring greetings from New Life Assemblies of God Church in Chennai, India, from our leadership team. And I believe that the Spirit of God is here. And when the Spirit of God moves, there's liberty and freedom. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Is it okay to talk to one another in the church? Amen. I want you to turn your attention this morning to the Word of God, and I want you to look into Matthew chapter 9 and verses 35 to 37. Jesus is actually moving amongst towns and villages, and he's seeing people who are harassed and helpless. And while he's seeing them harassed and helpless, he's turning around to his disciples. And I believe that our, our disciples this morning seated here and Jesus is walking amongst us and he's actually looking around the world. He's looking at Azerbaijan. He's looking at North Vietnam. He's looking into Argentina. He's looking into Ukraine. He's looking at the war that is going on between Israel and Hamas. He's looking at the war that is going between Russia and Ukraine. And he's looking to his disciples seated here this morning. And he's crying out, the harvest is plenty. The harvest is plenty. But the workers are so few. The workers are so few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may send workers. He may send laborers. Because the heartbeat of God is that none should perish. None, not even one. Not one in Ohio, not one in Dublin, not one in Columbus, not one in Cleveland, not one in the other parts of this great nation, not one in South America, not one in Asia, not one in Argentina would perish, but all, everybody, everybody, come on, turn to someone and say everybody, everybody would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. That's his heart. And as the Spirit moves this morning, as we are getting ready to say, hey, this is our big give day. May the Spirit of God touch our hearts because He wants to come down to each and every one of us and tuck our heart and speak certain things and ask certain questions. The best encounters that I've had with the Spirit are times when the Spirit, He begins to prod me. He begins to ask deep questions of my life. The first question that the Spirit wants to ask the church, radiant life, radiant life. I have a reason for bringing you here. I have a reason for gathering you as a community. I have a reason for you to actually stay in this location at such a time as this. Radiant life. Do you have concerns for people the way 
I am concerned for them. Do you have concern? Or are you actually going about your own life, getting up in the morning, making breakfast for your kids, sending them to school, you hitting office, either going out in your cars and your vans or your minivans or your, or your different places, or are you shutting yourself or getting online to your jobs and all that you do is from morning to evening is your job and then you eat your dinner, put your kids to bed, sleep, get up, sleep, get up, sleep, get up. 50 years of your life is gone, sleeping, getting up, working, going to Costco, buying your stuff for the next week. And that's it. Hey. The Spirit of God is asking us, are you concerned? Are you concerned about people the way I'm concerned? Jonah, I called you to Nineveh. Jonah, what are you doing in the ship going down to Tarshish? Jonah, I have actually picked you up mid-sea and I brought you to Nineveh. You have preached through and I have relented from bringing down my anger upon Nineveh. But you're not happy. Jonah, why are you not happy? Because you had a plant that came above you that you did not sow seeds. You did not water. I graciously provided that plant for a shade over your head. Now that that plant is gone, you're cribbing. Because your concerns is for you. My concern is that 120,000 people, they do not know their left hand from their right hand. They do not know what is right. They do not know what is righteous. They do not know what is eternity. Jonah, what are you doing? Jonah, what are you doing? I have concern. For Ukraine. I have concerns for Kazakhstan and Turkmenistan and Azerbaijan and, and north of Sudan. I have concern for Vietnam and Cambodia. I have concerns for Jakarta, my city. Looking at Luke chapter 15. The parable of the lost son. The parable of the lost coin. The parable of the lost sheep. This is the heart of the father. He does not stop. There could be 99 in the sheep pen. But he would go out for that one lost sheep. There may be many loads of coins and rupees and notes and dollars in their own closets. But, but he's going after that one lost coin. That one lost son must return. And until that one lost son comes back, the father would be pacing back and forth. And he's waiting because he wants to throw his garment of righteousness over that one lost son and celebrate are we the elder brother 
looking at the celebration of God and not happy. Not happy. Not happy. Why have we not caught the heart of the Father? Is because we have not been intimate with Him. For the small little children, they run to the Father and they climb on to His lap and keep their ears on the Father's heart. It's in that embrace that you will hear the love dub of God. It's in that embrace that you will hear none should perish. All should come to repentance. The more intimate you are with this Father, the more closer you walk with this Father, the more closer you hear the Spirit tucking in your heart. You cannot rest, rest, but you will rise up and do something about missions. If you do not preach, if you do not open your mouth, who else will open up their mouth? And that's why Paul, when he's talking uh, to the church at Rome, uh, he is saying in chapter 10, verse 13 to 14, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 10. Let's go down to that slide, please. Romans in chapter 10, verse 13 to 14. Can we read it together? Are you allowed to read scriptures in this church? Okay, let's read together, everybody. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard how can they hear without someone preaching to them and sometimes it's not words my friends it's about life it's about life if you don't give a glimpse of your life how will they ever know how can they believe how can they experience There was a small little boy on the shores, on the beach, and he was on a beach where there were starfishes, they were washed ashore. Therefore, he was actually bending down to take one starfish at a time and throwing it deep into the ocean. There was an elderly gentleman who walked by and said, son, what are you doing? There are millions and millions of starfishes that are washed ashore. What difference are you going to make? A small little boy didn't respond. But he bent down. Took one more starfish in his hands. And flung it deep into the ocean. And he said. Uncle. Sir. I do not know about the millions of starfishes that are washed to the shore, but I know that I made a difference between life and death for this one starfish. I know nations. I know it's every nation, but it's also every soul that needs to be touched. Your neighbors need to experience, and that's the reason why God placed you there. There's no other reason why God has to place you in that neighborhood. 
When will we open up our homes? It's time that we come out of our American individualism and break forth into opening our homes. How far can we just have Thanksgiving within our own families when God has called you to touch other families? This Thanksgiving, there must be at least one more family that needs to eat with you. Eating together. Doing life together. Playing together. Opening up your lives. That's the only way by which people would see that light radiating out of you. And it's just not the light, but the life of Christ radiating out of you. Amen. Radiant life. That's your call. Turn to someone and say, that's my call. That's our call. If you don't preach, if you don't open up, who else will? If you don't shepherd, who else will shepherd? Did you know that it's not about just bringing people to Christ, but that after they come to Christ, it's a whole process of nurturing them and helping them and strengthening them and encouraging them through hardships of life and being with them and walking with them and doing life with them. Hey, this gospel is not just about bringing people and just dumping them into a building. Buildings don't shape people. Programs don't shape people. Activities don't shape people. Hey, life shapes life. That's what you called for. That's what a disciple is supposed to do. Jesus looking at the crowds, he was moved with compassion. Why? Because he saw the crowds being harassed, helpless, homeless, and headless or shepherdless. And he cried out to his disciples, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Oh God, the Father, the Lord of the harvest, send the shepherd workers, not just ordinary workers. The problem with our churches is that we have not shifted. The only thing that has shifted in the 500 years of Protestant Reformation is that we have a small little bit of idea about what gospel is. Nothing else has changed. We are Roman Catholic as ever. But the clergy as a set of people who occupy the stage and a whole set of people who just sit on chairs. Come every week. Do your activity, your religious activity. How have we come out of religion? We have not come out of religion. We are still stuck in a religion until every disciple rises up and says, I have come out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus because I am a royal priesthood anointed of the Holy Spirit. Not just to speak in tongues every now and then. Not just to pray that I will have you, have me, I be a consumer, consuming the things of the world, stuck up in the philosophies of the world, but I am set apart, not belonging to the world, sanctified by the the word of the living God and sent into the world. That's your call. That's what you have been called for.
one of the things that when God begins to prod your heart and ask questions is, is the best of the encounters that I've had in this walk with Christ. A few years ago, God began to speak into my heart and say, you know what? Crowds, wherever crowds are, there's going to be harassment, helplessness, homelessness, headlessness. Now, what you are doing is basically bringing people who are crowds on the outside and you have brought them to become crowds on the inside a building. Harassment still continues. Helplessness still continues. Homelessness still continues. Headlessness still continues. Just that the difference is they were out of the building, now they are in the building. What you need is homes, family, hey, the sense of belonging. What you need is shepherds who will walk alongside. One Pastor Chris and a family, or one small leadership team who are pastoral team cannot shepherd. One of the deep questions that God asked me, are you a pastor of 40,000 people? You're not. Truly speaking, I can pastor, shepherd six to seven families in a particular season. The moment I start to deeply engage in people's life more than seven to ten families, my family begins to shake a little. Do you know why pastors get burnt out so fast? Is because pastors believe that they can shepherd so many people. No, it's not the calling of the pastor, a senior pastor, to shepherd a whole congregation. A whole host of shepherds need to rise up. You are that shepherd. You are the one that we've been praying for to the Lord of the harvest. And God is setting you apart and saying, hey, how long will you cocoon yourself? How long will you run away? How long will you believe that, oh, I need? Yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes a little more time. But if you will yield yourself, God is going to raise you as a shepherd within God's household. And God is going to open your home. God is going to open your offices. God is going to open your yards. God is going to open some, some aspect of your life so that you will shepherd. May this church radiant life be a shepherding community. Not just for people who come into this building, but be shepherds of this world. Fourthly, if you don't go beyond the local, who else will go? I want to truly acknowledge and appreciate that the United States of America, because you sent missionaries back in India, that we today are growing and thriving. And I want you to know that you cannot stop sending. I'm so glad for the efforts that we make towards giving, but giving is not a substitute for sending. May there be a time and a season where once again the altar will be filled with people who are saying, here am I, send me God. Send me to Azerbaijan. I'm so fed up just giving to Azerbaijan. Help me go there. Isaiah began to experience the intimate 
intimate presence. I see the Lord seated on the throne and the trail of his robe fills his temple and the glory of God with every angel coming down and singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I do not know why in our church services we just worship him and we actually enjoy the intimate presence of God. But when I see, when I see worship in the scriptures, hey, worship is always followed by God crying out and saying, who will go for me? Worship needs to be followed up with convictions. Oh, what a wretched man I am. Who can deliver me from this body of sin and death? Oh, worship must actually be followed up with, God, I'm a man with unclean lips and I dwell amongst an unclean people. And that he would take the coal from the altars of heaven and that angels will be flying while we worship and touching our lips and transforming our lives as we lay down our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. May the Holy Spirit of God begin to transform the innermost parts of your being that you would have no difficulty submitting yourself to the perfect will, plan, pleasure. One of the prayers that I began to pray a few years during COVID, when, when you couldn't go here and there, I started to manifest a lot of me. And God said, this is your prayer. And this has been my prayer. Oh God, deliver me from me. Deliver me from me. Because the more I pray, deliver me from me, is the more I lay down. The more I lay down, the more the transformation. More the transformation, this will of the Father becomes alive in my life. None should perish. None should perish. Who? Who will go for me? If it's not you, who? May the altars be filled. May they be commissioning services at Radiant Life. May those days of the old, not just the days of a few years ago, but the days of Acts once again be alive, where we set apart Paul and Barnabas for the work of the ministry and a whole apostolic team that rises up from this church and it moves across the world. Fifthly and finally, if you don't give generously, who else will? Why did God give you a job? Why did God give that business? Why did God give you enough so that you would store up something for the next year? One of the things that changed my view of giving permanently was earlier on in my ministry when one of the old mothers died in our church. None of our sons and daughters were around. I tried calling. Nobody responded except for a younger son who was in Canada. And I called him. I said, your mom has passed away. Would you please come? And he said, Pastor, put her in the mortuary because I'm finding cheap tickets to come. But four days later, he arrived at the airport. By the time we had taken his mom's precious body to the cemetery and we're waiting and he came. But what he did changed my life. Because I said, if anyone here wants to view this body, there's not many people. 
few of us from the church and this son. He said, I want to see. And so he just bent down. And he removed the diamond-studded earring from his mother's ears and looked at me. I cannot forget that look. He waved to me that I may now close the coffin. This world is not going to leave a small little speck of a jewelry on you. Rockefeller Sr., he died. They asked the assets manager, what did Rockefeller leave behind? They wanted to know the wealth and the value. This assets manager said, everything, sir. Everything. Everything. Things, houses, cars, gadgets, clothes, brands. Everything. You will not be able to translate one thing from here to eternity. Not even one. Except for people. Except for people. People are eternal beings. People are eternal beings. Either they're going to spend eternity with Christ forever or spend eternity without Christ forever. There was a set of missionaries in the early 20th century called the coffin missionaries because they did not pack their suitcases, but they packed their coffins because they knew that when they go into territories, they're going to die for sure. And so they wanted to have a coffin box in order to come back. And A.W. Milney was one such missionary who went to the South Hebrides Islands in Pacific Ocean. And he, knowing fully well, the two missionaries who went into that island ahead of him were eaten alive. Boldly, he went in with his coffin. These guys were so frustrated that these missionaries did not understand that they had actually killed the two people before them. But they said, okay, let's wait and watch because why are these guys coming again and again? They waited for a day, they waited for a week. Weeks turned into months and 35 years went by. A.W. Milne died planting churches and bringing many to Christ. He was buried in that island because he said, I'm not going to go back. And they wrote on his epitaph, on his tomb, when he came, there was no light. But when he left, there was no darkness. Radiant life, you've come here into this location for such a time as this to radiate his light and his life. You're called to go to give generously. I was telling during the first service, may you beat and outbeat the projects. May you give generously because you know that hey, whatever I give will not be enough for missions. That Paul 
spoke to the Corinthian church and he explained about how the Macedonian churches were examples of giving. And now, brothers and sisters, in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, verse 1 to 5. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. Radiant life, give as much as you are able. And at one point of time, radiant life will go beyond their ability. Not because you're coerced, not because uh, we whip you up to give, not because we have great projects about giving, not because we somehow, some way have some tricks to give you. No, you are giving entirely on your own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. One of the things that you need to understand about this leadership is that lead, this leadership is about missions. This leadership is about giving. This leadership is about the Buddhist initiative. This leadership is about, hey, we need to go beyond the coziness of our own church. And I want to declare to you, I saw the capacity of this building is 963 chairs. May the time come when we got to pull down these black curtains and extend it across and say, God, you are going to do something powerful. And the reason why we will pull down these screens are not that we have a cozy, nice service, but that every service will be a sending service. Every service will be be a giving service and we will exceed beyond expectations. Christ trusts this church. Christ trusts you. Christ trusts the families that are gathered here this morning because he wants to do something powerful not just locally but globally in and through your lives. First of all they gave themselves to the Lord. And this morning, you need to give yourself to the Lord and give yourself to the leadership of the church. And God is asking not just your money. You know what? He is asking you. Would you give you? Would you give you? Because when you give you, you give it all. When you give you, He actually begins to take you. fills you. And uses you. With every eyes closed. And standing up to your feet. And lifting up your hands. Because I believe the presence of the sovereign Lord is here. I know we have extended our time a little more than the usual. But I believe that there is something precious that God is wanting to do this morning. As you prepare yourself to give unto the Lord. I request the choir and the worship team to come. Because I believe as we begin to worship the Lord. The spirit of God would resound. He would actually speak. He will speak deep into your hearts and into your minds and into your souls this morning and say who, 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 who will go for me? 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 With every hand lifted up. Everyone allowing the spirit to move. Jesus. Holy, 
holy are you lord god almighty the whole earth is filled with your glory the whole earth is filled with your glory My people, my people, they are perishing. Oh, my people, my people. My people, my people, my people. I love them with an everlasting love. My people. My people, my people is not just Israel, my people is the Arabs too. 
my people is not just Indians. Oh, my people is not just people in the US. My people is not just people in Europe. My people is in Africa. My people is in Tanzania. Oh, my people is in Argentina. Oh, 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 the, the, my people is in Costa Rica. Oh, my people is in Mexico. Oh, my people are in Vancouver. My people, my people are in Berlin. My people are in London. My people are in Sweden. Oh, my people, my people, my people. My people are in Lithuania. My people are in North Vietnam. Oh, my people are in North Sudan. My people are in Egypt. My people. 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 Pastor Chris, come. My people. My people. Give. This morning, we're going to have our ushers come forward and they're going to be passing out. If you did not get one of these flyers, just wave them down. If you can come to the front ushers and then go up through the aisles. Or if you need a pen, uh, they have those as well. And this morning, what we're going to ask is every person in the house, would you fill out one of these? Or a couple, you can do that together. Uh, and would you fill it out? Your name's on there. Circle a, a number, whatever number. You could put an other number there. I believe that there's some folks in the house that God is gonna use, maybe on some of those larger numbers, but could we be equal in sacrifice this morning and giving to the Lord? Giving to Eurasia, this Christian English training school, in Africa, uniforms in this Christian school that now village knows the Lord and is coming to know the Lord. Revival conference coming in Africa. In North America, this new, two new uh, missionaries that we're gonna be supporting, and then the Ukrainian church plant. Revive Church, our partner, to see them with their, their uh, clothing and heating and warming station to be able to wash clothes. In Europe, boys and girls discipleship with Stephen Astra Dunn in Asia. For this nor in Northern Vietnam, this church planning and discipleship in Latin America with Michelle and Jonathan Wilborn in Argentina. Could we give generously this morning? And we're going to start singing here in a minute. I'm going to pray. The choir is going to lead us in the commission. A song this morning. I want to ask every person, would you come? And as you come, would you pray? Would you believe? Would you ask God that what we put in this bucket is not about Radiant Life Church. It's about His kingdom. It's about one more person being able to give Him glory. God is good. Let God challenge you today. Lord, we are thankful for your goodness. Lord, we're thankful for your grace. We're thankful for what you have done, Lord Jesus, and what you're going to do, Lord, through these projects. And Lord, blow us out of the water. We'll give more. We'll find new projects. We'll find new places. Lord, we're thankful that we get to consistently give to 75 missionaries and orgs around the world that are pouring your gospel out. And Lord, it happens because of a church, a full community that is willing to partner with you in the greatest evangelism work the world has ever seen, in the great commission that you've called us to. So Lord, right now, turn our hearts to you. As a church family, we come, we give, we offer it all to you. We lay it all down before you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for this challenge from our brother this morning. Lord, you are good. Church, I just wanna say after this offering, we're gonna have another little moment of time at the altar. I believe God wants to do something and there's something about giving him a few extra moments. Let's go, let's give today. If you would, come, bring your gift this morning. Let's worship, let's turn this place into a prayer time as we continue to go after the Lord today.